Welcome to Speak of the Devil. My name is Reverend Campbell, and I've got a hell of a show for you guys this week. Uh, we're going to be talking about suicide prevention, and I'm being joined by a good friend of the show, Maddie Miles. How are you, my man? Uh, dude, now looking at how fast my internet is, like we literally just spoke about, man. <laughs> I was doing all right, but we're getting downhill quickly. <laughs> I look like a chessboard. <laughs> <laughs> it's all good. Um, I have to do is like the dropped frame rates and it starts stuttering. So all the technical like streaming side of the headaches, I deal with on a regular basis. So I completely understand when, <laughs> when you have to deal with stuff that is a box on your face. <laughs> <laughs> I can put one there. Um, let me give a quick shout out to everyone joining us in the chat room. I appreciate you guys joining here. Gregory, like long time no see, but holy early. <laughs> thanks for joining us stormy how are you my dear valerius so great to see you sean thanks for joining us man nadine uh thank you benjamin elijah my man it's been a little bit it feels like christopher good to see you all right so we're gonna be talking about suicide prevention i've already done an entire show on depression and though they are related sometimes suicide happens without any signs of depression or uh, um, references uh, historically to depression. And so we're going to get into it. We're going to get into every aspect of it. And this this is a little close to home because it's stuff that I deal with, and Maddie, it's stuff that you deal with too as well, right? Yeah, 100%, man. Um, we, I guess a bit of a plug straight away, but mm -hmm. obviously a good uh, conversation starter, I guess. Um, I remember sitting on my living room sofa. Um, April had gone out to the gym, like a late night session. Um it was a pretty crappy night, man. I got drunk and you know, sitting there and nothing really to do. And about half an hour later, I had a message come through um, from a guy um, from Royal Marine Commandos. Um, so I served four years in the UK, uh, in the regular army, uh, with a Princess Royal Regiment, 2nd Battalion. Mm. Um, and I got this message come through. And one of the guys that we did a run with, a guy called Kevin, um, he did a charity event with us called the 5050. Um, so it was 50 miles, uh, 50 pounds worth of kit over a day. So we run from Brighton Pier, so south of the UK, um, right along the coastline. Um, but yeah, the, the dude that was running with us, Kevin, um, got pretty close to him towards the end, but he was quite quiet. And the, a good 90% of the time, at least, I would say, he was running off of a bucket um, wearing his military uniform, which was a really old military uniform. Um, but we later found out about, about two years later after getting to Australia, Kevin added us and, you know, he kept saying to me, are oh, we coming to Australia? You know, I want to want to leave the UK, blah, blah. And he was suffering depression really bad. I didn't realize that on that run that we did, um, Kevin was actually completely homeless as and had nowhere to live. Um, and the money that we were collecting on that 50-50 where he was running around with a bucket collecting money, he was actually collecting it for himself. The charity were like, anything you collect is going to you do um, just to get him a room, you know, somewhere to sleep, somewhere to eat. Just real, real basic amenities, man, really. He, he kept it secret. Um, then he kind of went missing for a year and we didn't really know what he was doing. Uh, then he popped up in Thailand. Obviously, you know, obviously being a Thai kickboxer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see him at a gym. I was like, what the hell are you doing there? But he'd, he'd been there for about a year and a half, I think just for the simple fact that, without saying too rude to anyone, it's a third world country, so it's pretty bloody cheap, man. Your money goes a bit further. You know, you walk over there with a pound and it's worth like 75 Thai baht in Thailand, so you, <laughs> you're pretty set for three or four days. Oh. But... Um, yeah, he got a few pro fights under his belt. Um, he was living at a gym, so you know he was doing the best he could. So I guess big, big subject in this conversation will be the whole how people evolve. Um, mm. You know, recognizing something's crappy and you really can't do anything about it. 
ignoring it straight away and you know just just progressing and i think that's what the you know having that military background with kevin because he, he kevin was actually the youngest person ever to serve in uh, the british military in afghanistan um he was on the um not afghanistan sorry sorry that back um on the invasion of iraq um he actually made uh, the british newspapers news channel so forth um he actually served on his 18th birthday um on the invasion of iraq so he was pretty um uh, pretty well what's the word he was quite well recognized but yeah back back to back to sitting in the living room so far being drunk i got a message come through um and Kevin had messaged a few weeks prior, so it's quite a quite a short snipped thing. Um, got a message come through from one of the platoon commanders that were doing the run with the Marines. I was just making sure everyone was okay. Um, but yeah, Kevin fell out of his mum, uh, deleted all of his Facebook, uh, you know, Instagram, all all social media. Mm-hmm. Um, three days after when we checked that his social media had gone down, he hung himself in his bedroom. Um, but didn't didn't let anybody know about it so i guess that that straight away the nail on the head is the people from from my experience with you know the old brothers ospage situation the creation of that come around is that you know people that want to do this kind of thing that i've come across personally you know there's 150 different ways that people go about it and try to and don't succeed and so forth but the way that Kevin had done it, he didn't want anybody to feel any pain or know anything about what he'd done. And he tried to hide it, which mm-hmm. for him, you know, big, big high five to him. But yeah, hung, him, hung himself in his bedroom. So I found out about it and I put a post on a really large Facebook mail group, which obviously I won't say names for obvious reasons. Um, I put a post up and was saying like, guys, you know, you're feeling crappy. You know, I put a picture of Kevin up and see if anyone feels crappy. This, this just happened um please get in contact with people you know and is everyone has a moral compass dude my my moral compass is you know you, you you look at it at you look at it with suicide man you know everybody's like don't do it and don't do this that, and the other and it's like if i don't want to live because things are that bad i have that every right and choice to do that it's quite a selfish thing mm. and i think the biggest biggest problem with suicide is getting other people to either do what they're supposed to be doing as friends and it's helping and supporting or accepting the fact that they didn't do anything about this person they really care about when it gets to the worst position right at the end of what they've done. And then they're like, oh, they've died and this has gone wrong and what, what we could have done this. And it's like, you know, woulda, shoulda, coulda. Mm. It, it, you know, most of them signs are pretty obvious to, to pick up really. You know, you say you're a friend of somebody, you know when they're off. If you're not, well then, you know, it's, I don't, I don't want to sound rude, man, but you, you, know, you kind of deserve it. You know, your friend takes a life and you've not, not recognize this kind of stuff it's like well how, how have you not recognized that your friend's on a downer you know like you're not what what are you doing to not what you're not doing to right. know that your friends are on the spiral well yeah, i want to i want to touch on a little bit of that really quick because there's 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 a lot the subject is never easy one because we all deal with it uh in our daily lives and some of us deal with it as an option you know in our worst moments but also, there's there's this there's this weight on each of us. Um, so whether you're a survivor of suicide, where you had a friend um, commit suicide, and then there's the guilt and the shame of what should I have been doing? How could I have stopped this from happening? What responsibilities lie on the survivor's shoulders versus the responsibility lying on the uh, victim? of the suicide itself's shoulders. And you had already mentioned um, 
that if if things are so bad, if you are in a place where you genuinely don't want out and there there's no way that that you can see yourself on the other side of it and the only thing the only option you have in your mind is suicide part of me says that well that's your personal choice and so i'm not going to stand in your way uh i don't believe in an idea of um the sanctity of life i i genuinely don't think everyone is special and everyone you know touches yeah. someone else uh and then on the other side of that if there is an awareness about you if if you are moving through life with intention and not just like a worker bee, then I, I feel like there's a different type of a spark, a different type of a responsibility on your shoulders uh, as an individual. And so anytime you run across individuals that I would, you know, like, for example, Satanists who are supposed to celebrate life and achievement in life over all other things, um, celebrate themselves, then I do think that there is a a different there's a different frame that we have to look at suicide through and and certainly through the frame of prevention in my opinion because again there are so few valuable human beings on this planet to lose one that is of value of significance well that is tragic i think and so you know again you know when my 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 friend committed suicide and i was sort of spiraling out of control as a young man uh so much so that my parents like you know, had a cop pick me up, a police officer pick me up and drive me to a mental health hospital. He was telling me on the ride over, look, no one cares that your friend committed suicide. I don't care. Your neighbors don't care. So your bad behavior or your the behavior that you're exhibiting to your family because of this or to the, the greater world at large because of this loss, no one else understands it and no one else will ever care. So you need to take that on your shoulders and you're going to have to deal with that like a man. And so, however you want to frame that concept, I do think that there is a responsibility for those of us who survive uh, and for those of us who are thinking about suicide to really give it consideration before we allow our emotional um, reaction to overtake any rational thought. Um, uh, and so, I don't know. What do you think the responsibilities are of a friend? who had someone commit suicide, uh, a friend of theirs, like, it's not their fault, but certainly you can make yourself available, but you know, if, if you're suffering from depression or if you're just in that dark place, you don't want other people around. You don't want to burden other people. So what can you really do? Well, that's, that's another reason why, just again, I'll, I'll keep it brief, but the whole, the way that Brothers Oz page was created over here, yeah. Um, yeah, and it's exactly what you've said, you know, some, sometimes, you know, I, mean, I don't know anybody that's psychic. I mean, you may, but I, I don't know, but me, me personally, you know, I've, and I, I'll, I'll put it on a selfish level, um, and then on a, on a responsible level or a more responsibility level for other people. I wake up in the morning, 6.30, get to work about half past eight, start work nine o'clock. Um, then I get back home, I'd probably say, I don't know. I've travelled home about half seven, eight o'clock. Um, so you think the whole day near enough, I'm not with April, just bearing in mind the old marriage situation. So our time with us at the minute is real, real focused. I'm a pretty time poor person. So I just registered a company as well. Um, we're importing a dog from Thailand, which is plastered all over Google, by the way. You know, I'll send you a link after. <laughs> but ju just in general, you know, there's the 24 hours in a day. 
And when I get home, I want to be completely selfish and spend my time, that's my time, with people I do want to be around. And, you know, having three or four hours of, you know, getting home, having something to eat, watching a movie, getting Netflix on, spending 24 hours trying to find something good to watch, get the same bloody stuff every day. <laughs> but, you know, you get to the last two hours of the night, you start getting tired, kiss, cuddle, yee haw, cowboy, and you're going to sleep. So really, in my, in my life, I have four hours. So I think the thing you have to take into consideration with other people is you know, how much free time have they actually got to put that effort in? And I think that's where, you know, the the whole habits and algorithms and patterns and blah, blah, blah. We're friends. You know, you, you, another reason why things like Facebook, you know, you can only have 5,000 friends on your Facebook. Why can't you have a million? You cannot physically have a relationship with 5,000 individual people. So in my mind, if I run Facebook, you'd have a limit of about 2,000. And even that would be like business and social purposes. It is impossible. I mean, you, know, you go through your Facebook and you see a close friend's post every three days because it's filled up with all the other crap and pressure that gets put on also social media but i think the my biggest thing the reason why we built that the brothers or situation was to apply a tactical pressure where people felt more comfy with talking about stuff and realizing that again it's, it sounds really cheesy but it's the whole the situation of you know you, you get unwell or you know you start feeling not too good about yourself with depression so forth i'm the only person no one's listening and it's always this in, from, from what i experienced when i've tried to take my life back in the uk you know, I, 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 there were people, and the more the more depression grabs hold of you, you know, you you start lying to yourself, and that's that's a big thing, man. You lie to yourself. <laughs> yeah, what do you say to that? Like, you yeah. know. But if, when it was only when I got to Australia and started picking myself up, I and mean, I remember saying to myself from my mind, listening to music, I was like, I'm in Australia, and this is I, I recognised that I had depression and I was really spiralling downhill. And I nearly didn't get to Australia, by the way. My nan and granddad gave us money to get over here to fix stuff up because obviously nan knew what, uh, found out what I tried to do, and they paid me to get here. But because I was in such a such a nuclear state, I spent half of that money on alcohol, so I wasn't actually coming to oh, Australia. Shit. So I had to resave well, re my money. And what made it worse is this is where a whole you know recognizing and the sacrifice before success situation. I remember working in a fuel, uh, like a, we call it a server or a service garage or a fuel station, whatever you want to call it. And my wages for the month was like £890. So in dollars, I don't know, $1,700. I literally, the day that I knew that I had my visa come through, I was drunk. And I was sat there at my desk and I was like, what the fuck is this? So I had a, pardon friend. <laughs> I said, what is this? Flying through the emails and there was this, um, oh, what is it called? It's like a government website thing over here where they review, you know, applications for migrants and so forth. And I was drunk and I'm on the computer listening to crazy music. And I was like, oh, wow, email. So I opened it, gov.vic.au or whatever it was. Your visa's been granted. Oh, dude. Yeah, it was not a good time. I'm sitting there with half of the money to get to Australia. And I've just been told I can get out of the UK and get away from all these problems and dramas and mm -hmm. half of it went out in the piss so yeah it wasn't a it wasn't a good thing but yeah eventually eventually got to australia i saved my money up but dude i spent my whole month's wages i remember getting paid I remember saying to my manager i need to go down to shops to you know um, grab cigarettes or whatever it was at the time and he's like oh you need to do some banking and i was like ah banking so got my wages out of the bank machine and i literally took my whole entire 890 pounds back to work I did the banking for the business so forth. And I was like, right, dude, I need to tell you something. So I sat in, sat in his room with him. And I was like, dude, I really, really am not well. Long story short, like I've recognized it. You know, this has happened. Um, and he's like, well, what are you doing? I said, look, 
I need to leave. Like I, I, I don't, I can't stay here. I've set something up which is really going to progress me in life. And he's like, "What are you doing?" I said, "Well, I actually need your help right now." And he's like, "You're leaving now?" I said, "Well, not now. Potentially two weeks." And he's like, "Okay, yeah." We had a conversation, got a bit teary, but he goes, "What do I need to do for you?" I said, "Here is my whole month's wages in cash." And I gave it back to him. I said, "Dude, I need you to buy me. I need you to buy me a plane ticket." I didn't know what to do at the time. I had no internet on my phone. All the money I had, I was getting drunk, so I had, I had no credit on my phone. There was no mm-hmm. Wi-Fi. So he literally called up um, to um, plug Eddie had. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, called up to Eddie had. Um, bought a plane ticket online. Twenty-four hours later, the plane ticket come through, verified. Two weeks later, got to Australia, and not dead. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, it's just the whole. When you know something's bad and you can you paying attention to it, do something about it. Yeah. If if it's something you know is bad and you're doing it deliberately and you've got other options and you can see the options, then you know you, if you're not progressing in that kind of stuff, and I guess it's your own fault, but recognizing that you've got that that bad situation and evolving from that, mm. earn it like anything else, man. You know, if you know something's going crappy, what do you do about it? You know, yeah. I want to win the lottery. Day of the week, you know, I play, I play the lottery and then I lose. I don't sit here for three weeks and oh, I lost the lottery three weeks ago. <laughs> I do it again. Okay? Right, numbers, right. You know, you, you got to do something <clears> about <throat> it. But yeah, Brothers Oz was designed to tactically put pressure on people in a good way, mm-hmm. so they can see that other people are going through the same thing. But when you're answering other people's questions, you know that are your friends, and you're able to give them an answer out for them to fix themselves. You start thinking to yourself, well, hold on a minute, mm-hmm. why am I not taking my own advice? But that, I think that's why the page works so well. You know, people communicate. It gives them other avenues as well. When when I was in the UK and wanted to take my life, dude, there there was I got this weird black cloud come over, and I couldn't think of answers. Didn't know what to do. You know, I forgot about my friends. I forgot about people that you know. I not even two three weeks ago, I was out with drinking, having a laugh with. But yeah, when I'm on my own, dude, it, it, it was like four walls. There was no one there to what well, there was, but I, I was ignoring it. I shut everybody yeah. off because I was so so self-centered about my problems and things I didn't know how to fix. The that's, answers were there, but it was me being close-minded, man, really. Yeah, and that's a, that's a common situation for, for those who who do find themselves in that frame of mind. Like, you have people around you that you can reach out to, but one, you don't want to burden them, and two, you just feel isolated. You don't feel a connection, even if the connection is really there. And again, you know, you already mentioned it, your mind is playing tricks on you. Your mind is telling you that you are not worth anything, that there are no other people that can help you. And this is something that, that people deal with on a regular fucking basis. And I think understanding that, that, that you are not the only one feeling this way and that it is very common in our society to think that way, that can actually help you. That can help you get a little bit of perspective and understand that, okay, if... if and this is the same reason why I, I, I gauge my uh, alcohol intake so much because I'm prone to addictive behavior. You can easily fall into those addictive states of behavior where it's just self-destructive. Um, I want to I give over some, some really generic statistics so everyone understands fully the um, realities of suicide right now. <clears throat> And right now, as far as statistics goes, is it's like 2017 is the, the earliest we have um, that I'm going to be referencing. But um, I, I want to do that. And I have some uh, uh, 
photos and graphs to show as well to sort of hammer the point home. But you've, you've mentioned Brother Alice, and I want to make sure you just sort of uh, put a fine point on it. It's a, a suicide prevention group for men, right? Yeah, correct. So it was, it was predominantly created for, um, for Kevin when I was sat on the chair drunk. Mm-hmm. I put a message up uh, on another social media page, and they deleted it. It wasn't accepted. They didn't let the post go up. But um, any ladies on there, sorry. Um, but this other group, they got rid of my page. Um, and then not even five minutes later, um, a dude put a post up. You know, I'm selling a car. Um, here's a picture of some boobs to grab some attention. <laughs> but the boobs car sale was more important than, guys, my friend just died. Like, is anyone else feeling crappy? Like, let's talk about it. Instead of, you know, a car and a set of boobs is more important. And that's when I sat there and I was like, you know what? This is the problem that you, you when you try to help somebody and then other people who don't have to, they don't want to help. They don't, you know, not so, so much the case they don't want to. They might get in my position for argument's sake where I had to find a way because I knew that I only had three or four hours in the day, which is my time, mm-hmm. to be able to pass that on to someone else and help. I just didn't have that time to do it. So this this page, man, that we built, there is six uh, 6.7 thousand blokes in there that have this live update, live feed, you know, videos, promotions, days out, meets and greets, can post whatever they want. But the way we built the group is that no one from the outside can see in unless you're invited or you're a friend of a friend. Yeah. Then there's lots of friends helping people that are in the group having a bad time, but they're all in the local area. So now there's people that don't know each other. They're like, oh, wait, you're 10 minutes away. Let's go for a beer. Come down the beach. Come talk to me. So you're introducing strangers. You've got no idea who they are, but because of something as small as one of these, mm-hmm. all of this, which is a, not a good thing sometimes, is now <laughs> literally saving people's lives. Yeah. You, you, you use the tools around you. Necessary evil, I guess you can call them. I think they're great. I think it's great what the, that you put together the group. And I think it's fantastic that so many individuals are willing to be a part of it uh, in order to help stop them from doing what you know ends everything that 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 causes so much torment for so many other people uh and to be there for someone i think is is fantastic especially when it's someone that you care about and it's a choice you're making it's not just you know and and here's the other side of this uh right before i get to the statistics here um let me reveal this uh Again, I don't believe in the sanctity of life, but for those individuals, Satanists or not, who wish to be there for other people, um, I think that's fantastic. I think if it brings you a, a sense of satisfaction and happiness in some way to, to save another human being's life, well, fucking congratulations to you, because I think that's amazing, and I, I think that's a genuinely wonderful thing. I would sure. never be able to deal with that because I, I'm having a hard time just dealing with my own head, let alone um, the complexity of uh, trying to deal with someone else's. You know, I, I would always be afraid that I'm saying the wrong thing or I start to spiral with them or, you know, it, it can be. Um, I guess that, that was a, a good challenge. thing about the paper. Even something that was, you know, some people frown on it. You know, some people, I don't want to use the word extremist if that makes sense, but. Even on that page, when, when we built the page, the, the way that we created it and the way we set the rules up and ju- just a basic communication, if you can communicate clearly and precisely, you just set in the standards so people know from the beginning and people have always got the choice of do I stay or do I go. Right. But with, with our page, 
So some people, <laughs> some people are probably going to frown and be like, how does this work? So we built a group where we've managed to get multiple, and I'm talking a lot of members that are in motorbike gangs, crews, whatever you want to call them. So you've got Hells Angels, Rebels, Blimey. You can, you can imagine where that goes. Yeah. We managed to get people from other gangs that forget they're in gangs and help people from other gangs because there's no topic related. You know, we've, I went to, um, there's a, a guy or two guys actually called Oz and Abs, um, heavily, heavy Muslim guys, um, who know what I follow, know what I try to learn, which is obviously just scratching the surface still. They invite me to their mosque and turn up to the mosque, um, met this guy called, um, Hobbless, mm-hmm. um, Probably one of the most famous Australian spokesperson um, for Muslims. And when I met him, you know, he asked, you know, what I followed, blah, 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 I explained. But before I started their, I guess, their meeting, I'm not sure really what you'd call it. He was like, before we start this, we've got another person in the room that's clearly non-Muslim. And we just want to make sure that he feels really welcome. And if you've got any questions, just ask someone around you. But these are the people that, you know, they're terrorists, they beat you up. And it's like, no, it's not. It's, it's not that at all. It's people that misunderstand and mm. interpret, assume wrong stuff. But our page is now full of multiple <laughs> multiple members of multiple bike groups that would never speak to each other outside of work or, you know, whatever you want to call it, outside. And then there's Christians, Muslims, there's Jews, there's Satanists, all these people in this group that say, it's me making it hard for other people to get along because of my own individual direction. It's like, well, sometimes how about you forget about it? Sometimes there's things that are more important. You know, the thing I always see is well, with religions, everybody's got the right answer. Everybody's God's right. Everyone knows the direction everyone should also be following, which is love and progression and evolving and being a good person, doing the right thing and succeeding in life, you know, championing yourself. But then as soon as you come up against another human being who's built exactly the same way as you, because of your book, all that crap goes out the window. And it's like, well, why is your good way not working with my good way? So who, who's got the wrong way? Whose way is actually the bad way? So building that group and getting people to forget stuff on the side, like their personal stuff and just being neutral. We mm-hmm. built like a neutral ground, I'm sorry, Sean. And that's that's why it works so well, dude, I guess. I think that's great. Uh, I want to give a quick yeah. uh, thank you to Impending Doom. Uh, it's great that you caught a live stream with us, man. Thank you so much for joining me and thank you so much for that. Um, I want to go to some statistics here if we can. Uh, and first and foremost, you know, I should have done this at the top, but I didn't. Uh, I usually define everything before we start talking about it just so that everyone understands what we're talking about. Um, so again, suicide is the actor in the instance of taking one's own life voluntarily and, and intentionally. So this is not accidental. This is not, oops, I fell on a kitchen knife. This is, you went in with the intention of killing yourself and you did uh, for whatever reason. And there are many, many, many. Um, suicide is the 10th leading cause of death in the United States. I do not have global statistics for you guys today, so I apologize for everyone outside of the U.S. In the U.S., it is the second highest, um, uh, second leading cause of death for minors. Uh, so, you know, individuals, um, who are, uh, I think it's like 18 and under considered minor, it's number two reason that they die. And that's a pretty big deal. Um, in uh, 2017, 47,173 Americans died by suicide, and there's an estimated 1,400,000 attempts. Um, by ethnicity, you can see white man rules this one. I mean, it, it, more than anyone else. I don't know what um, 
black and Asian individuals are doing, but apparently they're doing something right because they're not they're not killing themselves as much as everyone else. Um, I fucking and it could just be numbers too. Like th- there's much more white people in given geographic areas than others, and so maybe it's skewed because of that, or maybe we just have something uh, that's that's pushing us down that pathway. Um, by method, I think this is interesting. Over fifty percent of all suicides are by firearms. Of course, it is the most efficient way; it is the simplest way. If you are having a momentary lapse, the chance of botching the attempt is slim to none, and so it is clearly the best reason um, uh, that individuals... For example, if all those people who killed themselves by firearm didn't have access to firearms, most of them wouldn't be dead. So whether that's a good or bad thing, I'll put it on your shoulders as interpreting it, but the fact is that, I mean, just with myself, some of the some of the deep wells I find myself in, if I had access to a firearm in my home, which I don't for this reason specifically, I would have used it. And so, you know, the problem is, is, is it's too easy. It's too easy to end it on a whim, um, given situations, you know? Um, so let me see, there's one more that I wanted to show you guys. Uh, U.S. teen and young adult suicide rates, and this is based off of CDC, uh, Center of Disease Control. We are spiking here uh, uh, from 2017 to the decade preceding it. Uh, This is insane uh, to think that there are this many more suicides per age group of 15 to 24 uh, than in years before. And some of the reasons suggested are social media. The reason why so many people find themselves in so many unhappy states, if you're already prone to having a mindset like this, then social media can push you into a really dark place really quickly. You're surrounded by people who pretend to be happy at all times. And you're comparing your life to all these people who are bloviating their own lives. And it's understandable. And then you have bullying and you have a bunch of other reasons as well why people would start to feel terrible about themselves. But social media, in your particular case, Maddie, uh, with Brothers House, can be a very, very good thing. In most cases, it is not. Um, And it is one of the suspected reasons why suicide amongst youths is up so dramatically. Uh, And so, you know, a couple more stats here. Age-adjusted suicide rate in 2017 was uh, 14 per 100,000 people. Men die by suicide three and a half times more often than women. And white males account for 69% of suicide deaths. Uh, The rate of suicide is highest in middle-aged white men in particular. And on average, there are 129 suicides per day. Firearms accounted again for over 50% of them. Um, U.S. young adult suicide rates are the highest on ever record, as we just showed you. And the Journal of Pediatrics estimates that in 2018, close to 20, I'm sorry, close to 60,000 girls aged 10 to 18 tried to poison themselves. And in 2018, it was closer to 30,000 rather than uh, 60,000. That's insane. That is an incredible amount of people who are just trying to end it for whatever reason. Um, what do you think uh, are some of the reasons that, that people contemplate suicide?
social media dude has got to be one of the biggest ones, I think. Um, you know, the, the days of going around Nan and Grandad's house and raiding cupboards and playing in the garden and firing bow and arrows out the window. Now it's, you know, you go out with a, a small group of people, you know, you got three or four people out to, I don't know, um, you go down the beach, mm-hmm. you, you, people will only show stuff, you know, it's, I guess it's like bragging rights. You know, I see a lot of people on social media and not, not anybody that's actually a member of the group either. Um, that will post pictures online of Gucci hats, bracelets, cars, bikes, you know, all, all these really extravagant things. And it's like, they're probably like one of the three or four extravagant things you've got. But, you know, how about you start posting the problems you've got in your life, things that you're struggling with. And the only thing that I really see, and I, I'm on Facebook a lot, dude, I won't lie to you, I really am. Mm-hmm. The biggest thing I see on Facebook are people boasting about holidays, which is fair enough. That's, you know, you're just showing pictures and videos, I guess. But if it's not a holiday, most of the stuff I come across are people showing some sort of achievement. And if it's not an achievement online that people are posting, not showing their struggles they've been through to get to that point, by the way, yeah, they're, they're showing their end result. You know, you're always seeing somebody's achievement right at the end of a line. You know, I've, you know, they're not, they're not putting a post up saying, oh, I've worked for the last 20 years to buy this motorbike. All we see is, oh, I bought a motorbike. And it's like, oh, I want a motorbike. It's, it's always, I want, I want, I want, you know, you're always envious of someone else's life. Mm-hmm. And if it's that, it's other people asking questions or they don't understand something and they want to know an answer to it. So you look at those two angles that you're coming from, you've either got, you're looking at someone else, someone else has something that you want that you can't have, or you're trying to find an answer for somebody else. And while you're finding an answer for someone else, you're not concentrating on yourself. And secondly, you're looking at what other people have got. You're forgetting about working for yourself to get what you want and you're focusing on other people's stuff. So you can't. Well, you can do it, but you think how many hours you've actually got in your day for you to be, you know, to progress in life while you're not making money for someone else at work? Mm-hmm. It's a small amount of time, dude. It's a small amount of time. Yeah. It really is. Realistically, I've got four hours in a day when I finish work to make money outside of work and progress in life. And if I'm not doing that, I'm earning two hundred dollars a day selling mobile phones for someone else who's making millions of dollars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you know. It's, is it really? Is it realistic what you're looking at? You know, the motorbike and the Ferrari and this big old chunky gold chain. <laughs> the time you're, the time you're spending at work, are you going to be ever about to afford that? If right. not, you have to get it or evolve and find another way. And if mm-hmm. you can't, people start spiraling, man. Yeah, I, I want to. First of all, let me just say thank you uh, to everyone in the chat room who are sharing phone numbers. Uh, of suicide prevention hotlines and stuff. I think that is fucking awesome. Christopher, you're a badass. Thank you so much. Uh, Dr. Naked Man Bulge. (laughs) That fucking name. Uh, Thanks. Thanks for sharing that text number. Um, Again, if, if you are... Again, the reality of things. I don't know you. Like, out there, whomever may be watching this. Um... I would never presume to tell someone what they need to do in life. And so I wouldn't presume to tell you what you shouldn't do in life. I think that is on you. You should be an adult if you're watching this. And if you are, you should be able to figure things out by now. If not, there are places you can go for help. This is not a support uh, place right now, th- this video. I'm just trying to educate people about suicide prevention, about what you, Maddie, are doing, and uh, give people... Uh, some facts and some information. That being said, if you find yourself in complete darkness and the only way out you feel honestly is suicide, you are probably not 
right. Now, whether that's not right chemically, not right just mentally where you are in the moment, you can get right. And there's a number of ways that we're going to get to here in a little bit about techniques people can use um, to avoid those dark places. But use these phone numbers is what I'm ultimately getting to here. Reach out to a family member or a friend or an anonymous fucking person so that you can, one, get over yourself um, in the same way, Maddie, you were saying that all the members of Brothers House have a very diverse background who would never speak to each other outside of the context of that group. You can anonymously, anonymously I can't even say the word, anonymously talk to people yeah. about yourself without any fear of them being like, Frank? Is that you, Frank? And then feeling shame or embarrassment. Like, you can, you can have those conversations, and, and you can get out of that dark hole that you're finding yourself in. Um, but again, that's on you, and you should... It's very solipsistic of me to say, and I say this knowing that. You should be able to as an adult. Not everyone can, just, and I'm not shaming you if you can't. Just, just touching what you just said there as well, dude. That's, that's something I... Like I thought about myself you know what you're saying there that when people you know for people to reach out to people and you know not to feel shame and worry about your ego and that that's the bit where i think that i get really confused in how and i, I guess if some if people take offense to this then mm -hmm. good this this is my this is my moral compass it's my belief this this is me you know you, you don't have to agree but the, the way i see it how how can people be worried about egos and shame and feeling like an idiot when you're about to try and take your life all those emotions are gone you don't get to feel those anymore you're dead you won't have an ego mm -hmm. you know there's no shame because you're not around to for that to affect you when people go oh you try to kill yourself if you're going to kill yourself <laughs> it's game over that you know you don't be worried about shame and ego and oh what's what's dave going to think about this if you're reaching out to people you're about to push the stop button your ego and all the rest of the stuff goes out the window they're the last year concerns mm -hmm. you're not around to experience those emotions or the effects of you know someone someone looking down on you or calling you calling you a name yeah. yeah reach out why wouldn't you well you've got well you literally if you're in that position you've got nothing to lose so you know what try and if you don't try it well what do you do we're all adults here you know if you made that decision well then that's your decision you know mm -hmm. i'll decide to pick i'm going to pick my nose man you decide to take your life 90 percent of people in my mind that we've come across on Brothers Oz, one of them being a really good friend, and I know he will not mind. Um, he mentioned his name, uh, Trent Luck. Um, he he come around, he's a business owner. Um, he come around, and apologies for this pixelated screen, but we've got about 50 satanic Bibles up on this old side. <laughs> Give, and, and anyone that's interested, you know, on the, the ideology or, you know, the direction that we're going in, I gave him a book and he read it. And he said, look, dude, I'm, I'm not going to become a Satanist, and I'm not a Satanist, I'm not an atheist, I'm nothing. But the amount of times I've had messages come from him and he's like, dude, this really makes sense. This actually is making me concentrate more and, you know, I'm not letting people just attack me. You know, I'm thinking about my answers and, you know, what direction I was going in, not letting people affect me because of me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you, you, yeah. yeah. Sorry, I just dropped my coaster. <laughs> Gravity plug. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I think that's... It's, it's easy to say from the outside, um, you should do this, or, or you know, why, shouldn't, why, why wouldn't you just go ahead and try uh, talking to someone? Uh, because, again, when it's over, it's fucking over. It doesn't matter. 
when you're in that mindset, you don't care, you know, like that, that's not even a concern of yours. And that's why I think, you know, to bring it around to what you just brought up, it's so important for uh, Satanists to understand because we don't have that excuse, in my opinion. We don't have the excuse of saying, you know, it doesn't matter. You know, I'm not even going to try to to help myself. No, no, no. If you identify as a Satanist, if you've read the Satanic Bible, you understand the responsibility on your shoulders. This is the only life we've got. This is it. So if you hit the stop button, I mean, you just gave the only thing that you had in the chaos of this universe, the only thing you had away, gone. Everything that you can do until you get to the end to try to survive, to try to thrive in life, to fight until you stop, then that that's what we have to do as Satanists. And yes, we're going to go through periods that are horrible, and, and we're not going to see any value. There is always a success around the corner if you just open yourself to the possibility of it. There is always the opportunity um, uh, for successes and connection and uh, experience, you know, always. Sorry, is is everyone getting the feed still? I'm not showing any more drop frame rates, so I hope they are. Um, are you having any problems on your end, Matty? No, nothing here, dude. Just apart right. from looking like a chess ball. Okay. Cool. <laughs> um, okay, so yeah. I want to I want to talk about some other causes. Uh, you know, why people would commit suicide. Uh, it most awfully often occurs. Um, I'm sorry, I got distracted by the, the quote. Uh, it most often occurs uh, when stressors and health issues converge to create an experience of hopelessness and despair. Uh, depression is the most common condition associated with suicide, and it's often undiagnosed and untreated. Uh, changing the way teens interact with each other in other digital spaces can help stave it off. Uh, economic stresses and fallout from the 2018 recession are seen to be some reasons for people and, and suspected why so many people have been committing suicide recently. Economic stress, uh, I'm sorry, increased social isolation. And here's the irony of that. Social media is causing more isolation. And that's an insane thought. Um, children of opioid, uh, this is one I did not expect to see. Children of opioid users appear to be more at risk for suicide. They see their parents spiraling out of control, becoming addicted to opioids and, and the, the behaviors that come with addiction, and they don't see a future for themselves. And they, if that's what I'm going to be, because that's my parents, then why should I live at all? Uh, and again, young people who live in the house with a gun will use it if they're contemplating suicide. So I'm smelling like a weird um, mechanical smell right now. And so I'm concerned that there's something wrong with my computer. Like it's, it's <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Um, okay. So there's some warning signs that everyone needs to pay attention to. Um, and of course, if you're speaking about, wanting to kill yourself, chances are they're telling you the truth that they've thought about wanting to kill themselves. So take it seriously. If it's someone you care about, take it very seriously and try to have the conversation. And parents, you need to have the conversation with your kids, especially in their young, informative youth years. I'm talking 
elementary to middle school to high school. You need to talk to them and be involved in their lives. Not hover over their lives or try to tell them what to do, but listen and pay attention to what they're doing. That's really important. Uh, and having a conversation about it does not make them more prone to commit suicide. It just makes them aware of it. And that is really important. Uh, behavior. Uh, you know, if you see people uh, suddenly taking uh, uh, or abusing alcohol and drugs, if they're starting to look for ways or research ways of uh, ending their life, chances are they're thinking about it. This is another reason if you're a parent, you need to monitor your kid's internet usage. Um, and the mood. Mood. If suddenly someone who is normally okay just drops down to isolation and depression, well, that's a signal that you need to be paying attention to. There are risk factors, of course, uh, as already mentioned, uh, the health factors in mental health conditions like depression, substance abuse, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, uh, stuff like that. Environmental um, factors include uh, access to drugs and firearms. And I'm not talking about illegal drugs. Prescription drugs are a real problem. If, if, you, if you have been given a prescription for drugs that you're no longer using and you have extras, you need to get rid of those pills because chances are someone's going to run across them in your household and chances are they're either going to sell them or they're going to use them. So to avoid that, get rid of them if you're not using them anymore. Um, uh, stress events in life like rejection and divorce, financial crisis is a huge one. Um, and then historical factors of if you've already tried to commit suicide, you'll probably think about trying it again. If you have a history of it in your family, if you've been abused or neglected uh, as a young child, chances are that's going to rear its ugly head in your adult life as well. Um, so it, it becomes a real genuine issue for a lot of people in their lives. Um, and whether or not we as individuals care about the majority of people out there, for those we do care about, we need to be present and we need to let them know that we love them and that they have value and that we, we care about what happens to them. And understand that just because you're experiencing uh, thoughts of suicide, one, doesn't mean you'll actually do it, but it should always be taken seriously. And two, it's a valid feeling. Like, they're experiencing something that is giving them law, a feeling of hopelessness, um, of not being able to see a potential future for themselves. You, you, have, to, you have to accept the reality of that thought. And, and whether or not you can relate to it, at least give them some sympathy. And if they want to hear, uh, I'm sorry, if they want to hear from you or if they want to speak to you about it, be available for those you care about. Uh, and the, the idea of, of providing an opportunity of a future for someone that you love is invaluable. And if you can do that, how, how, how could that not be seen as godlike? We are our own gods. We take that responsibility onto ourselves. If we can be available in that same capacity for others, um, if you want to, why wouldn't you? You know. Great. Uh, do you want to talk a little bit about some avoidance techniques? Did you know most of them? I think the, the keeping them more back to basics, really. The you know you everybody ninety nine percent of people now have got phones. Yeah. Everyone's got an email address. Everyone's got a Facebook account. It's, it's pretty simple, really. You know, I don't think there's a there's not a secret way of. Um, oh shit. 
You're oh, go on. Yeah. <laughs> We're trying number two. Well, while you're fixing that, let me talk about some of these. Uh, just let me know when you're oh, you're back. Got yeah. <laughs> right, so go ahead. Uh, what you were saying? I think um yeah, last time I just more. Oh, there you go. I really zoomed in there. Oh, I check my face out. <laughs> um, sorry guys, you have to put up my face. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I just yeah, just really basic. You know, you got everybody started posting phone numbers like in this conversation. You know, and I. That's something that I've never understood, and I'm definitely not a doctor, so you know anything I'm saying, you know, take it with a pinch of salt. Something that I really, a, a massive pet hate, and again, this is for me. Mm-hmm. I always see these numbers pop up. There's always, you know, suicide prevention lines, and you know, there's social media groups, and there's somewhere you can send a letter. You can drop into this place, visit that place. My biggest rule on our page is we do not post, I don't post those numbers on that page. I don't allow those numbers to be posted. We try and get people to be around people that are friends and family and your next door neighbor and the guy down the road. Because mm. in my, and this, this is for me personally, if, if I was feeling suicidal and I saw one of those numbers pop up, the first thing I would be doing is not calling that number. I'm going to be speaking to little old Betty that's paid to care and listen on the phone, tell me the problems and tell me to go to a doctor's. Well, I'm already unwell. I know that's where I go when I'm not well to the doctors. And I don't want to go there because I'm depressed. <laughs> you, don't, you don't want to be productive. That's why you, you're depressed, man. But mm-hmm. the way our page works, it's talking to people that are as close as possible and having trust in people that, you know, you, you, you say you love your friends and your family and, you know, so forth. Well, don't take their opportunity away to try and help you. That That's one of the most selfish things you can do. You know, take, take when when Kevin died, to know that, you know, something I didn't put, add in that story as well, um, I was actually um, trying to help Kevin save money uh, to get a visa to come over, a visa, sorry, to come over to Australia um, to Thai kickbox, um, mm. the gym we're at, um, Hammers. They own a fight show. One of our good friends, he owns a fight show as well. So the sport that he loved and what he wanted to do, he could have done it and been, you know, been productive in it. But he took that away from me. He, he took that away from me. The having a bit more time, get his visa squared away, get him over it, you know, get him some fights squared away, getting him somewhere to live. He, he took it away. And that was the biggest thing that I think with suicide with people, you know, when somebody dies, the survivors, I think the biggest issue for the survivors isn't so much the fact that that individual took their life. They were going to do that anyway. That's that's their decision. It's done. I think it's more the case of guilt. It's guilt and it's touching. Why couldn't I fix that? Why couldn't I? It's always I, I, why couldn't I do this? Why couldn't I do that? And it's like, you you can do it, you just need to juggle your time better. So that's why when I saw that whole four-hour situation, when I started diagnosing the time I actually had, that's why I had to make that page. I thought, mm. you know, four hours, another person's going to die, another friend's going to come to me saying they're struggling, and I'm realistically going to sit here as a, a man, as a human being, and I'm going to say, I don't have the time. I, I do not have the time to put my life on hold, because there's a lot of things I've got to do. You know, my, what I need to do is always better than what you've got to do, you know, and so forth. But to be able to put them on hold and be able to still progress with your life and not put yourself in a crappy situation to then start spiraling and then to help somebody else with an issue that big. If you can find a way to do that in four hours, man, you need to message me. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I want to. Well, and then there's there's the responsibility that individuals have over their own actions. And so I, I want to give some examples of things that help me. And then uh, some examples that may help other people, right? So um, if you have any, just jump in here. But one thing I haven't done, maybe probably should, I've been told I should, um, is to seek mental health treatment. If 
from a professional. Like just go to someone who's going to listen to you on a regular basis and talk. Um, I don't do that. I think there's benefit in it. And so if that works for you, definitely seek it out. Uh, exercise and diet. This is a big one that does help me a lot. I never want to work out. I don't enjoy working out until I start doing it. And then I get high. I get high from the dopamine rush that exercising gives you. And I feel better. I immediately, instantly feel better. The darkness that I had in me had subsided after I've worked out. And it's always worked. It is like the go-to thing for me. Um, and diet, if, you just, if, you, if you're not taking in poison, then your body will not be in a poisonous state. And that's very oversimplistic, and it may be seen as, you know, sort of new agey, holistic bullshit. But the fact is, is we put a lot of preservatives and poison into our body, and that means that our body has to fight that, and it can't concentrate on stuff like your mental health. Uh, and exercise does definitely help it. Eating properly does definitely affect your mind. Um, interpersonal connections. If you have loved ones, like I have a family, my wife and my children, I connect with them and, and that helps stave off those moments of darkness. Um, I did a daily vlog a little while ago where I was just sort of explaining reasons why I don't off myself and they're at the top of that list, like straight up. Um, professional fulfillment. If you set goals in life and you're working to achieve those goals, you're less likely to stop doing anything and kill yourself, to stop your life. Because you you have something that you're you're fighting for. And whether that's a promotion, whether that's starting your own business, whatever it is, as long as you have goals in life, then you're going to be that much better place when you find yourself in the darkness. Um, restricting access to weapons and drugs. Uh, now that includes alcohol, uh, that includes prescription drugs, and unless you need it for your mental health um, or some other health reason. Um, uh, if you know that you're prone to suicidal thoughts, don't own a fucking firearm. It's that simple. <laughs> like, it, it, it's, it doesn't make sense to collect weapons when you're a suicidal individual you will use them so stop <laughs> like just in your moments of clarity which we all ultimately have from time to time use that moment to realize oh shit if i'm like in a dark place i have all these things that could end my life get rid of them sell them like put them in someone's hands that's not going to use it on themselves and if you have a family there's more accidental deaths by firearms in the home than intentional so it's it's really dangerous to have them in the home, no matter what. If not for you, then for your kids. Um, and then talk to people about it. If you can get over yourself, and as Satanists, I think, honestly, this is something we, we all need to get over. Stop taking yourself so seriously. Stop thinking everything is life-changing important. Laugh at yourself. If you can do that, stop taking yourself seriously and laugh at yourself, then you can reach out to other people and talk to them on a personal, honest level without your ego in play. And just let them know where you are in your head. Let, let them know that, that you don't want to do it, but these are the things that you're talking about. And just getting it out, just talking to someone helps a lot, whether it's a therapist or a friend or you know a family member. 
um, find someone to talk to because that does honestly help. Um, and ultimately, I love drinking. I love recreational drugs that can be legal in different places. Um, but understand that by using them, if you are prone to depression or prone to suicidal thoughts, they're not going to help. So you need to be responsible in, in what you consume, uh, no matter what it is. Uh, so what do you think? Uh, are, is there anything else we need to cover on this? Any other prevention techniques you can think of? Um, having a, I think with people even listening to what we're talking about now, I think uh, I wouldn't be wrong in saying that talking about suicide and what it does to other people and that kind of stuff, I don't think that's really the issue. I think the problem that we have is that, you know, yeah, with the military, you have a battle plan, right? Mm. There's, if this is wrong, mm. we'll do this. If it doesn't work, we're going to do this. If this goes wrong, we're bugging out. We, we're leaving. Yeah. The whole suicide situation, there is about 15 million things because there are about 3 trillion people that have different brains and they all think in different directions. So there isn't one right answer. You know, that for, for me, calling these suicide prevention lines, I don't, I don't, want, to, I don't want to speak to someone that I don't know. I don't want to tell somebody that's sat on the phone who's paid to care. That's what my brain says. You're paid to care. You don't care. Then that's when I would refuse that help. But if my, you know, if my, if my nan was alive still and she was sat in my living room and I told her again and I was sat next to her that I'd try to take my life and she said, don't do this and don't do that, I'd listen to her and I'd take it on the chin straight away and things would change. So I think it's the responsibility of, I mean, I, I can touch the subjects on everyone on the planet, but I, I really care more, I guess, and I'm being biased with myself and people that want to learn the same as us, you know, Satanists in general. But I think in, it's the responsibility of individuals to have an action plan. So if something goes wrong, like now, I'm thinking, would it, like with you, 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 this big list of things that you can do and things that are going wrong, and it's like, well, when that depression hits real hard and your brain starts going, oh, fuck, I want to kill myself, ah, you, your brain is not thinking, right, well, we've got plan one, plan two, and plan three. You need to have one thing in place that if this goes wrong and you're really feeling like shit, going for a list of things trying to get the right direction and what you want to be doing to get out of that, that problem. Mm-hmm. It's like me, dude. Look, look at before we were setting this thing up there and I was flapping around with a camera and there's a square on and fucking I flipped over six wires and the candle exploded and it was all going wrong and I was like, what do I do? So like a minute ago, my camera just died, the battery went, I was like, oh, oh. So plan B was, this battery runs out, I can't unplug it. Here's my spare battery just in case. And we just pulled the wire out, there we go, and we continue. It's yeah. evolving on the but if you don't have that plan pre-set up, well, this camera dies. <laughs> you guys don't get a look at my fat forehead anymore. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? you, you, the, if, if you don't have a plan for you set up, mm-hmm. don't expect people to have a plan set up for you because they're worrying about themselves. And uh, it, that sounds really rude, but this is an adult conversation. Yeah. There are not people sat at home with a list of papers saying, if Maddie doesn't feel well, what do we do to help him? Well, if they don't know, they can't help you to start with. Have a plan yeah. for yourself. And if you don't, well, Battle plans. A, B, and C go wrong and you don't bug out and plan C, you're getting shot up. So mm-hmm. the onus is on you. You, you want to you survive and carry on or you don't? Yeah. Uh, I, I think that's fantastic. I, I've never thought about in terms of uh, having, you know, a series of plans in place for your, you know, when you do find yourself. I think that's a great technique to employ. Um uh, Zachary is asking, what about just showing people what really happens when someone commits suicide? He gets the impression that most only think about stopping the pain. 
Yeah, and it, it's weird because when you're in that mind fr- mindset, you don't care. You think they're gonna. You think the world around you is gonna be better without you. And so showing you know, that that loss and the pain of those the survivors of of uh, suicide for someone in that mindset, I'm not sure would be the best way of preventing them because they just don't. They're not in their rational mind. But it couldn't hurt. You know, and it may be the one thing that works for that one individual. Like you said, we have tons of different people with tons of different chemical minds and we all think in different ways. So whatever you think will work, why not try it if it's someone that you care about, if it's someone that you love? Um, And I also, Sean, I think you're right. Increase in public awareness really helps. Understanding the reality of suicides in uh, the, the, the causes uh, and knowing that it's not just depression. It's not just people who have to go see a therapist and have to take pills that kill themselves. It is your children. It is your children's friends. It is your family. It is your friends um, that are doing it. And like you have to understand the gravity and the reality of suicide. And being able to have a conversation about it is difficult, but imperative. So thank you so much, Maddie, for joining me on this conversation. I, I think it's just fantastic, and I really respect what you're doing with Brothers House. Yeah, thank you. No, it's, it's cool to be back on here again, man. Like last time, I guess, we had a lot of interviews, and we're going through readings and stuff. But th- this one, like you can probably tell me, like I, I, I talk quite a lot, man. My brain wanders off on tangents, <laughs> but with, with okay. this one, with, with this one, dude, it's, it was really a lot of people, which – People have to remember as well. I'll keep it short and brief for you. Mm-hmm. You have to remember that when you when you're taking drugs and stuff that you're given from doctors and you're using their answers, you have to understand the doctor's answer. Then they give you medication, and you have to understand this medication that you've just got, what it does, and how it works. So look at look at social media as a drug. So um, like I was actually saying on here a minute ago, you know, he's like, why don't we show people? Well, the problem you've got is that Facebook and their moral compass. You know, you can put pictures of people getting beheaded on Facebook and it doesn't go against their standards. But you put a picture of someone hanging out a tree, it's a graphic image and you can't do that, so they take it down. So the drugs you've got, there's only certain things you can do with those drugs. So with Facebook, exact same situation. No, th- my friend killed himself. This is my friend who died. Don't do that. No, you can't have that on social media. So the tools you're using to – well, that we're using, sorry. The tools we're using to try and get this awareness out, you know, something that's being productive – because of the case of money and rules and people's opinions, it gets stopped. So mm-hmm. it's, it gets it gets hidden from people. And they want us to go back to the old way, which is phone old Betty on the phone or talk to your friend. But you're having trouble already because you're depressed, you're not talking to your friend, but you don't want to speak to Betty because you don't know Betty. So you go on the social media. That's why I guess our page works so well because it's closed off from the world. And you get an invite or you find the page and you join it. We do a bit of research, you get added to the page and then well, then you feel comfy knowing that you can talk on there because a thousand other people are doing it as well. You know, you're not going to get the right answer every time, but one person will put a comment on there saying, oh, I'm going to kill myself, or, I don't feel well, or, you know, this is a big problem. And then 50 people will comment, all these different avenues and different directions to do it. Then you read through them all because it's social media because you're getting a bit of attention and you feel like people are not ignoring you anymore. Then you cherry pick, I'll try this one, I'll try that one. You, you talk to one person, you're going to get one answer their way. You're going to speak to old Betty, she's reading off a script. <laughs> She'll listen. It might help two or three people, but for people that are strong-minded, and I'm going to blow my trumpet, I, I would assume I'd like to think I'm strong-minded. Even for me, you know, as much as I might think I know everything, sometimes I think I really don't know what to do. 
I mean, I don't want other people to know because of my ego, like, I don't know what to do. And then I think, well, hold on. I'm still in this situation. <laughs> Things mm-hmm. are still going. If I just told somebody and dropped that ego for 30 seconds, I'd have had an answer and then progressed and they'd look in and be more impressed that I spoke up. Yeah. Yeah. You want to own that taking your life for whatever reason. Well, your last memory is, yeah, you taking your life. <laughs> it's the, you know, you're worried about your ego and everything else that comes along with it, but you're happy to end your life. And the last memory people have of you is swinging off a door frame, like a bit of a catch 22, really. Like, what? Yeah. Well, I think <laughs> that is probably as good of a position to, to end the conversation as any. Um, uh, again, I, I really do appreciate you uh, bringing this topic up to me for an idea for the show and then joining me on the show to talk about it. I think it's fantastic. Um, and then to everyone joining us in chat and sharing your thoughts and experiences and uh, opinions, I dig it, man. Thank you guys so much. I think that's really, really great that you would be willing to jump into a difficult conversation like this and be open enough uh, to share your ideas uh, with others that could potentially benefit from them. So thank you. I appreciate it. Uh, But that's going to do it for us uh, for this conversation. Uh, Again, there are many avenues. I implore you to explore them if you need them. And until we can speak of the devil again, hail Satan. So